Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. of the Coaching Coordinator Podcast, we're going to focus on creating a common language and how teaching things a certain way with a certain language is going to make a big difference for your team, for your offense down the line. And joining me to discuss that, the Offensive Coordinator at Middle Tennessee State University, Brent Dearman. Brent, always great to talk ball with you here on the podcast. Keith, I try to spend about one time a month making sure I catch up with you and talk football with you because I always have so much fun. Yeah, it's it's uh it's been very neat to see the the growth of your career, Brent. I think when you and I first started talking, actually, I I think back to the how I even first met you is is Rick Jones, at, who's now at Missouri, says you got to talk to this guy, Brent Deerman. Rick was on the podcast, and this was after we finished up. So I got a hold of you, and you were at Arkansas State at the time, and then you became a head coach, and then to Kansas now at Middle T- Tennessee State, and it's just been a lot of fun to see you move through this profession and, uh, you know, the growth that you've made along the way. Yeah, it, no doubt. The, the Lord's kind of opened some doors, but, but a guy you just mentioned right there in Rick Jones is, is probably one of my top three mentors in this business. And, and just being able to rub shoulders with him, uh, being able to get to know you, Keith, and, and all you do for coaches has just, just uh, also been just a joy for me and um, just the journey that I've been through these last six years. Coach, we've been on a journey for this last 12 months, and the information that has just flooded uh, the coach marketplace um, from you know paid clinics to free clinics, and you know we've discovered this virtual world that nobody, you know, shoot, a year ago, not a whole heck of a lot of people were using Zoom to talk to each other. Now it's you know standard operating procedure and the ability to share your screen and talk to somebody and clinic them up. So. All this information is coming in, but you know, ultimately, even though you know more, doesn't guarantee that you're going to be successful with it. It's all about how you use that information, especially the stuff that applies directly to you. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to a common language. And you're experiencing that right now. You are in a new program now, four weeks into it at Middle Tennessee State, and installing your offense. It's very important for you that. You're getting everybody on the same page, not just here's our schemes, but this is the way we talk. Absolutely. You know, we we just started here a month ago, and in one-month time period, 
we have been through our installs three different times. And, and I, I'm trying to overdo it where every coach in that room speaks the same language. Every coach, the running back coach, knows what the offensive line is calling that particular double team, where the receiver coach knows the steps for the running back. The O-line knows the drop for the quarterback. And they all talk it because I think it's such a big deal to make sure everybody in the room is on the same page. Everybody's all in. Um, but also um, it helps the young coaches out in the room. It helps the GAs. It helps the quality control guys to see the big picture uh, when when there's so many offenses out there that everybody just worries about their own position instead of seeing the big picture. So, uh, you know, we spend those those that first month doing that. And then next week, we're going to go in a room next week, and I'm going to call a play out, and I'm going to pass the pin over, and I'm going to I'm going to say, all right, uh, Coach Stocksdale, who is our receiver coach, I'm going to say, draw up uh, all 11 guys on this play, and he's going to talk through the whole thing just like he was the coordinator. Um, then I'm going to hand the pin to the receiver coach or the O-line coach, and I'm going to say, all right, now you draw up this pass play, and our offensive line coach is going to have to draw up all 11 guys on a pass play. Uh, so then that will be us hitting – our offense four times in a five-week period. And, um, you know, I think that's just a big part of, of getting everybody together and, and everybody speaking the same terminology, same language. Yeah, I think what you're doing is, is so important. And I'm sure we've all experienced those situations where, you know, on the other end, if you want to make it work where kids aren't get, getting confused, is everybody stays in their own silo. And, you know, you, you when you see something going on wrong with that other thing, you keep your mouth shut because – Maybe you're not speaking the same language. Um, and it's that's not the best way to operate, but it's better than everybody out there saying different things, not communicating the right way and confusing kids. So um, in, in that regard, certainly you want to be an expert on your position. But when you can expand your knowledge to the entire offense and understand if you're the offensive line coach, how the quarterback coach is talking to his guy, um, you know, when – when you're communicating even to another coach using the wrong language, that that player may be standing there hearing it, starts to get confused. So I think it's so important that you get everybody on the same page terminology-wise, and that's the best way, that's the optimal way to operate. Absolutely, yes. You know, something that they really hit this morning while we were going over something is uh, our offensive line coach was talking about a three-man slide in our pass pro, and, and here we call that, uh, a rip call and our the next pass play uh, our receiver coach on film said all right so right here y'all will be calling this a, a, a rip call and it's just to hear that you got five coaches in a room you got two GAs you got uh, one quality control coach when you're hearing guys are investing time into the way that someone else does it just so they learn it just so they can uh, better their own knowledge but when it's not just about them and it's not just about their position, when so many times in this business you get guys that that are just concerned about uh, I'm making sure my room, just handling my room. Now, is it more work to do it this way? Yeah, it's more work um, because, like I said, we've been going for five weeks of, of getting after these installs and getting after this offense. But um, when at the end of it, it turns into a lot less work down the road because you got everybody on the same page. So, for me, I mean, it's just a big deal here for us. On the podcast the other day, I was talking with Bob Wiley, and you know, he brought up you know, these goofy commercials today that have nothing to do with uh, a particular product or service or whatever it might be, but they become memorable because there's 
there's something different about it in the way that it's communicated and something maybe that's relatable to a certain audience that's going to help them remember uh, that exact thing. And I know for you, uh, that kind of comes across in the way that you're going to teach things. We're going to get into some of your specific uh, key terms that you teach in regard to your RPOs, but you like to utilize and teach in parables. Talk to us about why you do that and where that idea comes from. All right, so growing up in the South and growing up uh, kind of in that Bible Belt um, of being me being in church every Sunday, every Wednesday night, and my dad was a coach, but he was also a deacon in our church when I was growing up. So um, just that strong religious background, I always, uh, you know, learned about uh, how the Lord taught his disciples, and, and the Lord used parables, and parables are, are stories. Jesus talked in stories that weren't always true stories. Sometimes he made up a story that best fit the way of teaching. And he taught to the disciples in what they knew. So because they were fishermen, Jesus always referred to um, being a fisherman. Jesus always taught them lessons about fishing or others that were carpenters. He would teach in lessons that a carpenter would understand. So uh, for me, uh, I think I'm talking to 18 to 22 year olds every day. So um, if I try to refer to things that they don't understand, uh, they're not going to learn it very well. So I try to relate to them. I try to bring my story or my coaching point to uh, levels that they understand best. So that's where the, the teaching in parables kind of comes from that I do. And as part of this process that you've been going through as now you're, you're in your third install and you pro- progress on to you know, being able to take this to your players, um, you're working on defining the key terms for them uh, throughout the offense. You know, the, the buzzwords we use, the coaching cues we use are so important in making those X's and O's, those diagrams, all that information we brought in from Zoom clinic, clinics relatable to the player. Um, again, it's not about how much we know. It's about what they know. And in order for them to, uh, to be able to do that, You have to relate everything to them. And it starts with that glossary of key terms, and and it's something you define. So today we're going to cover, and you gave me four of those key terms that you utilize within your RPO offense and are really an important part of the scheme that you're putting in. And the first one for you is the D-gap fitter. Um, How do you define that? And, and again, what's that language then that's going to get communicated to the players? So what we go into that first room and, and I define every gap and you have to teach that quarterback as simple and as, as, as uh, elementary level that it sounds, I teach them what the space between the center and the guard is. And Hey, that's the a gap. The space between the guard and the tackle is referred to as the B gap. And about that time they start looking at me crazy. Like coach, we understand this. We're college football players. And then I tell them what the C gap is. And then we get out to, the D gap and, and the picture that I have is us in a tight end wing set. Well, this tight end wing uh, is clearly you're able to see what the D gap is because I treat that just like the, the guard tackle gap. But then I take that tight end wing off the field and I just put what our, what our sniffer back is called, or I put a set where it's just a tight end. I say, all right, guys, most teams in the country are going to uh, read the Sam linebacker. To the field right here with the nickel sam or um into the boundary they're going to say this is the rover is your read well we say we don't do that anymore the same with our blocking scheme uh, our receiver 
it used to be taught MDM, most dangerous man. Well, the most dangerous man was whoever became in that fit in the D gap. So we speak the same language as a whole program and facility now. We've eliminated MDM out of our program. We've eliminated that terminology, and now we just teach what the D-gap is. It's whoever they put in that grass, whoever they put in that space outside of that tackle box. Um, so when we're just running the ball, that, that slot receiver understands that's the guy, that's the D-gap fitter. I've got to go get him. Well, the quarterback then understands if I'm running an RPO, that's my read key, the space outside, right outside the tackle box. I'm not reading men anymore. I'm reading space. Um, and whoever, whichever defender they put in that space is the D-gap fitter. So that's um, one of the biggest key terms that we're teaching on day one. That's one of the biggest key terms we're teaching in the offseason is that D-gap fitter. In, in something you identified there that you know, for a lot of these guys might have been MDM before, uh, have have you found, or how many times through the install, I guess, does it take to eliminate terminology or get coaches on the same page with terminology? Because I think when you look at this process, it's probably a little bit easier with the players than it is with the coaches who may have years of experience in calling something a certain way. Oh, I, I called myself yesterday saying uh, MDM. So it's a... Uh... For, for us that have been doing this for multiple years, it's a, it's a process. It's, it's something that I've even got to correct myself and, and push it out and say, all right, my bad guys, I said, I said MDM there. It's the D-gap fitter. So it's a tough process when there's, there's language that you've used for so long in life and you're trying to implement something new into that. So um, I, I understand even myself that it's, it's a difficult thing to get it out. I think as coaches, we you know, assume a lot of things because we've heard it in multiple clinics. We've maybe done it a certain way, and uh, you see those terms used over and over again, but having those clear distinctions about what it means to us, very important. So another term like that, one that has kind of become uh, you know, almost universal terminology is that gift route. So the gift route is the next uh, key term that you define. So for this, for us, um, you know, if you've listened to me talk RPOs, if you listen to any of my clinics, um, or if you listen to anybody else that's kind of in the same world, is they have a this gift route. It, uh, some people I've heard call it a take route, which it all means, hey, if it's beautiful, if it's a gift, uh, if there's a bow on it on Christmas morning, if you think you can take it, take it. That's what all that meant. We have kind of transformed it now. And it's just something that just naturally happened by me coaching the quarterbacks is a word that I've even used now is a proposal. And, and your uh, listeners are probably going to think, what in the heck is this guy talking about now? And, and it goes back to those parables of what do 18 to 22 year olds understand? And for me, I look at Mike, who's my 21 year old quarterback. And I, and I say, all right, Mike, do you have a girlfriend? And Mike will say, yes, I do. I said, well, Mike, are you ready to drop down on one knee and propose to her? And he'll say, no, nah, Coach, I'm not ready for that. And I'll say, why not, Mike? And he'll go into all the details of, I don't think I'm ready, Coach. I'm, I'm not for sure. Uh, I'm not uh, 100%. That, that, that's what I need to do right now. I got all this other baggage. And I'll say, exactly. I said, Mike, what about that route? When I look at that route out there, is there anything that causes hesitation to you? And if there's anything that causes hesitation to you, 
I'm going to tell you not to propose to her yet. I'm going to tell you it's not time to drop down on one knee and ask her to marry you yet. And that's the same with that route. And if anything scares you with that route, that means you don't do it. Um, so we've kind of changed that gift take to a proposal now. And, and, and it just goes into teaching. It just goes into uh, exactly what you're talking about, about using key terms to reach your players, but staying consistent with it. Well, the, the next term uh, has to do with the type of movement that you're looking for. And it's something you know, I've been sharing throughout this offseason in, in the research and development series I've been writing about and then sharing on this podcast is that you know, there's certain things you want to accomplish with your offensive line. And, and there's some teams that are built better for vertical displacement, vertical movement. There's some teams that are built uh, better for horizontal displacement has to do with, you know, athleticism and body types, et cetera. And so for you guys, though, the key term is vertical mu- movement. And it's something that even right now you guys are emphasizing. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, there's, there's key terms, like you said, that your line are going to speak. There's key terms your receivers are going to speak. But then every now and then there's key terms that I'm going to pull from each position. And I'm going to make it big to the whole whole offense. So when we taught day one to our players, when I was uh, when we were able to sit down and, and use our time to go over day one of our players, one big slide we threw up was vertical movement. And we defined what vertical movement was because a lot of times we just say things and we don't give our definition of it. And we just hope the players figure it out. So we defined what vertical movement was. We showed clips of vertical movement. We actually were funny with it and tried to get clips outside of football that showed vertical movement just as a a, a little laughing situation as well. But when we then went to mat drills the next day, mat drills, one of our mat drills, um, if, if we could implement some type of vertical displacement in the mat drill, um, we constantly said, increased vertical movement at that station Um, we'll go down to the weight room and when a kid is squatting a kid is power cleaning and we're um, um, getting our strength staff we get in their ear and say hey can you speak these same cues and speak these same language and when he's doing this talk about vertical movement and and that way everybody in your building understands the key terms it's not just that one coach so my o-line coach has people all around these kids that are helping preach vertical movement to them now. Um, You know, everybody does it with ball security. The whole building yells ball security. Well, why don't everybody help the line out as well and and yell out vertical movement? So we're constantly using um, that term vertical movement throughout the building. And then a term that you utilize as an example here uh, in defining key terms is rocker, something that's important uh, in your quick game for your quarterbacks. So our quick game footwork, I usually just call it quick because uh, I'm going to take a quick step in the ground. And, and I've kind of transformed it so I can teach them in how I want it to look a little bit more. And I call that one step a rocker step. And the picture I paint to those guys is uh, when I went to my grandma's house and she had that old school wooden rocker on her front porch. That rocker stayed where it was at. I, I, I got in it and I rocked back and forth. But it didn't move. The center of gravity barely shifted at all, but it stayed in that one spot. Um, And that's what I've got to look like in quick game. I'm not moving that chair. That chair's not relocating. It's not getting any depth. It's just rocking back 
So he is a right-handed quarterback. I'm just going to rock that right foot back in order to throw quick game. So um, being able to paint that picture to those guys and then using that word that, that kind of associates with that picture um, helped us to change that footwork to what we now call that rocker step. Coach, you shared four key terms there, and your process is you're coming in new. Um, you're going to look at how you do everything. You're going to get everybody on the same page. We have a lot of our staffs coming back together now, whether that's you know together in a meeting room or virtually. Everybody's been out in the clinic world, coming back with ideas, or even just looking at things that have been done before. I think this is a, a, a great exercise for everybody to do right now, regardless of the side of the ball, um, to get everybody together and really come up with that agreed-upon language. Uh, sometimes our, our language just takes different directions. So it's always, you know, even if you've been doing it for a while, you might think you're all speaking the same terminology, but some things uh, may, I'm sure, have been uh, added, invented, uh, adjusted along the way. I think this is a, a good time to be able to do that. For you, when you look at uh, that process, what's the way you would go through this, I guess, procedurally to make sure you guys covered everything in that, all right, we're all on the same page, we've thought about all the language, and now we can move this on to our players? You know, kind of a big deal right now, I would say, especially with everybody going through off-season training, off-season workouts, just most programs have uh, a pillars. Most programs have keywords that, that they want to define the whole program. You know, for us, offensively, it, it's toughness being number one. Um, you know, I'd say your head coach's language, your head coach's priority and pillars are going to be the first thing that everybody in the building is going to speak. But then as a coordinator, and then one step further, even as a position coach, I've got to find ways to implement the things that I need preached without overstepping the head coach. So, you know, me here at, at moving to middle Tennessee, um, you know, my head coach has the pillars of the program and I'm, I do everything to model his pillars, but then I try to find ways that don't overstep him, that don't uh, step on his toes or go against what he's trying to implement in order to implement what we want to be offensively as well. And, and so we'll start off every meeting, with something that we're wanting to preach to our whole offense. It may be our pillars of our offense. It may be our mission statement as an offense. It may be our, our goals as an offense. So instead of just talking ball as a coaching staff, instead of just talking ball to our players, we have some type of uh, PowerPoint slide. We have some type of image in front of them that they say, oh, here's our goals for the day. Here's our key word for the day. Here's our pillars that we need to re-hit again. Um, so f just finding creative ways to making sure everybody is on the same page of, of just throwing that little slideshow up there. Or, hey, guys, I know we hit this two weeks ago, but it's a reminder that our third down goal is 50% on third downs. Um, just me as, a, as the leader of the offense, it's my job to overcoach and to overemphasize all those things. When you're you're getting down to the fine details of of this and putting the language together, do you have, I guess, a a, a glossary? Um, do you keep track of these terms that you're looking for the key terms, the buzzwords, all those different things? Uh, I'll tell you what, I need to probably make a, like a Rolodex or, or a, a MTSU offense dictionary, um, and and it probably makes it, it helps out even more. But we have a coach's manual, and in my coach's manual, I give the coaches. There are 
you know, highlighted areas in that coach's manual. Um, I may have a, a mission statement, and in the mission statement, the word toughness is in it. So that word is bold in the in the mission statement. So um, even though I could probably put a lot of the keywords just on on one page or on multiple places pages together, we just try to overemphasize some of these keywords throughout the playbook, throughout the the coaching manual, so um, they stand out a little bit. Well, I know you've you've talked at a few different places uh, this virtually this off season. I was able to sit in on a couple of those, and um, like I said, everybody's out there uh, getting a lot of ideas right now, um, trying to move their teams forward. You know, what advice do you have to coaches out there to um, to be able to figure this all out of of what the evolution is for this particular offense that they're running moving forward? I'll, I'll say this, and this was a, a bit of advice that, that uh, Coach Malzahn gave me as a young analyst on his staff, as a young coach, trying to be an up-and-coming coach. Um, he said, know who you are. And and as I go to clinic, as I go to listen to other people talk, I'm not trying to reinvent my whole offense. I'm not trying to go and do exactly what Ohio State's doing. I'm not trying to go and do exactly what this team is doing. I'm trying to go and I'm trying to see something that they do that fits who I am. I'm not trying to change into who they are. Um, so that's my big encouragement to guys is uh, when you're going to clinic, when you're going to get something from people, you're not going to try to reinvent the wheel off of somebody else. You're trying to figure out a better way to do what you do. Um, so so that was that would be my um, – kind of recommendation my, my kind of advice for for coaches that are out there that are clinicking that are trying to get better coach I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing those ideas with us here and I know there's a, a lot of work for you to do here in, in the spring as you guys get ready for 2021 but you know, best of luck to you in middle Tennessee moving forward I tell you what Keith I wish about 13 months ago I would have had stock in zoom um that'd be an early retirement plan for my kids absolutely zoom or microsoft teams or any of the any of the different video suites right now yeah it's all become part of our life but uh thanks again coach and and uh i'm sure you and i will talk ball again soon yes sir thank you for all you do for this business keith thank you again for listening to the coaching coordinator podcast Please, if you are enjoying the podcast, head over to iTunes or Spotify and click five-star for rate. If you have a minute, write a review. It really helps the podcast. Check out our new home for the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. That's at coachandcoordinator.com. And follow me on Twitter at Coach K. Grabowski.